Hello, and welcome to Unnormal Stories. I'm your host, Jace Ryan Christiansen. Today we're going to read some more true stories sent in by listeners and found on the internet. I will, for the most part, try to read the stories as they were written, but I will make exceptions in the case of extreme grammatical error or um, if there's profanity. I'll try to cut that out for you. If you listened to the last episode, you might remember the story about the three shadow figures who left a mysterious labyrinth-like burn mark on the ground where they were standing. The same person who experienced that, Harry, has agreed to let me share another one of his experiences with you guys. So that's going to be the first story we touch on today. If you don't remember that story or you didn't listen to the episode, I would encourage you to go back and do so because honestly, it's pretty interesting and <laughs> I'm kind of lost as to what it could mean or why it happened. I, I haven't really ever heard of anything like that. Um, the episode is just, it's got some other interesting stories in it too, so you might be interested in checking it out. Anyway, we're just going to jump right into Harry's story. Hello everybody, so this is my final story. There are two previous, which I published earlier, and it happened the Christmas before COVID, December 2019. I would have been 21. Just before we continue, I am a skeptic, but these few stories slash encounters I have had do make me question things. So, at the time, I was working for a local manufacturing company in their office. I just answered phones, drafted quotes, etc. I'd been working at this job for about three months at this point. Every morning was exactly the same. I would wake up at 7-ish in the morning and lay in bed for about a half an hour on my phone, going through Twitter or Reddit and playing stupid mobile games to wake up. Then at half 7, I would get up and go have a shower and get dressed and go to work. At this point, I was living with my girlfriend, and I had accidentally woken her up as well, so we both sat chatting and on our phones for half an hour. Nothing different to any other morning from the past three months. It got to half 7, and I dragged myself off of whatever stupid thing I was watching on my phone and got up to shower. I opened the bedroom door onto the landing. When you open the bedroom door, the landing is sort of two paths going off in right angles, one straight ahead and one directly to your left. But it is all open so you can see the entire landing, and it is quite a small space and my girlfriend's work desk was at the end of the landing on the left. There are no corridors or anything. This is important info, don't worry. So I opened the bedroom door. Immediately, I noticed that the lamp on my girlfriend's desk was on, as the entire landing was illuminated in a warm orange light. It was December, so the mornings here are still pitch black till like 8 or 8.30. I looked over and saw what I can only describe as your typical old hag reaching over for the lamp. I was fuming that anyone had broken into our home, let alone some old woman. This hag woman was about five footish, crooked back as if she was super old, and the weirdest thing was she was wearing this creepy black veil which covered her face and matched the black dress frock thing she was wearing. This figure was leaning over my girlfriend's desk, reaching for the lamp, and as she touched it, the lamp went out. I turned straight the heck back into the bedroom and saw my girlfriend on the app we used to turn off the lamps in the house. She then turned to me and said, Oh crap, our electric bill's screwed. I left the lamp on all night and I've only just turned it off. I sat back down and explained everything I had just seen to her. 
I did not see the old woman again. The woman I saw does not look like anyone in our family that has passed away, nor has anyone died on the property, as it was a fairly new build, and we knew that the previous and first tenant was still alive and well. My girlfriend had lived in the home her entire life, and had told me that she used to hear her name being called when she was a kid and no one else was there, which I brushed off because I had the same thing when I was a kid and just presumed everyone had it. She had also said that she had situations of power cuts to her house, specifically when none of the fuses had gone and there was technically nothing wrong with any of the electronics, which, to be fair, her friends had backed up as they were also there, but I still didn't believe. She has also had cases of something smashing against her bedroom door, but nothing there when she went to open it. These events that occurred are just a handful of what had happened to her in that home over a period of 19 years. I do not have any mental illnesses, and my family does not have a history of mental illness. I am not on any pills, drugs, or medications, and I had a great night's sleep the night before and was fully awake when this event occurred. I know I said I am a skeptic, but if anyone has any thoughts on what I saw that morning, it would be very welcome. Harry, buddy, I have no idea why these things are happening to you, or exactly what's happening to you, really. There's got to be something deeper happening, though, if you and your girlfriend, too, are having these significant experiences. There's got to be something deeper happening. I mean, maybe not. I don't know. I'm no expert. Have you ever considered the possibility that maybe these incidents are connected? I don't, I don't see how they would be. They seem pretty isolated from each other. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm just spitballing here. What really stands out to me in your stories are the labyrinth-like burn in the ground and the fact that the hag was wearing a black veil. That's gotta be symbolic of something, right? Maybe not for you specifically. Maybe, though. Or maybe just, like, in general. Um, I don't know, man. Okay, listeners, I just did a quick three minutes of research into uh, black veils and hags just to see if I could get anything coming up. And no, I didn't really I didn't get anything, uh, especially together when I looked up those two terms together um, on its own. Black veil mostly just came up with shopping for black veils. But there was also uh, this short story about a minister who, OK, <laughs> My research was very fast and not thorough at all, so take everything I'm saying with a grain of salt because it's probably not accurate or even relevant. Anyway, so there's a short story about a minister who wears a black veil over his face and he, I think he kills people. And so the black veil is kind of symbolic of secret sin or the true nature of man or something like that. And yeah, it's probably not relevant to Harry's story at all. And uh, for the old hag, I found this thing where it's it's called old hag syndrome. And basically, it's just sleep paralysis. But instead of seeing uh, like a shadow or a figure, you just see an old hag. Which, uh, Harry clearly didn't have sleep paralysis. He was wide awake. Uh, so he didn't have old hag syndrome. And uh, there was another thing I found for old hag and... Basically, it's this Gaelic myth about an old hag. Okay, uh, it's called the Kalyach, which that's how, that's kind of how it's pronounced. You're supposed to have the little sound at the end there that I made. 
I'm just not used to making that sound, so I can't really say that word with any authority on like, like how accurately I'm saying it. So if you want to look it up, it's C-A-I-L-L-E-A-C-H. And basically, the only thing that I found was interesting with the Kalyach is that she's a she's an old hag, uh, but she's a winter spirit. She's a seasonal deity or something that uh, rules during the winter. And Harry's story was in the winter, so that's really the only connection that I could find. So if you want to investigate that a little further, go ahead. But it's probably not relevant. That's just my own opinion, but I'm no expert about any of this. So I can't really speak with authority, but I'm just I'm just throwing stuff out there. You know, we're we're all looking for the truth. This was just my quick three minute attempt. <laughs> also did a little research on labyrinths because of the burn mark. And basically what a labyrinth means, uh, I guess these are the two symbolisms that I found. Uh, like I said, this was only like a minute of research, though. Um, I, a labyrinth can mean a predetermined journey or site, uh, kind of like a pilgrimage, I guess, or it can be representative of an enigma or like confusion. So I don't really know what's happening there either. <laughs> Most of what I'm saying on the podcast is scripted, mostly because I'm just reading stories, but that was not. So I'm sorry if there was a, like a noticeable drop in quality. Uh, especially in the way that I'm speaking, a lot of ums and what's, so just sorry about that, but that's gonna happen when I'm just kind of freestyling like that. Uh, I'll try not to, though. I'll try to script out my thoughts before I just go, uh, kind of spouting them. Anyway, if you have any thoughts on Harry's story or any of the things that I, you know, quickly, uh, researched, quote-unquote, <laughs> uh, go ahead and send me an email at unnormalstories at gmail.com. I'd be really interested in hearing some other perspectives at uh, what might be happening here to Harry uh, or what these things might mean. Uh, so go ahead and send me an email. Uh, or if you just have any comments or anything, just let me know. Um, maybe I'll, if you have interesting theories or maybe even plausible theories, uh, I might even throw them up on the, on, the, on the show. So go ahead and send me an email. Of course it goes without saying that this same sentiment... Uh, applies to everything that we talk about on the podcast, whether it be things that I research or even the other stories, especially in this episode. If you have any ideas or theories, please let me know, and I would be more than willing to to read them. And uh, like I said, maybe you'll even get on the show because uh, I want us to you know, hear all the ideas and theories and kind of parse out what's happening because we're all looking for that unnormal truth. Anyway, we're going to move on to the next story. Uh, sorry that I kind of went on a tangent back there. Um, anyway, this next story is about a paranormal presence on an old German military base. Uh, the person has asked to remain anonymous, so we're just going to jump right into the story. I have never believed in the paranormal, and even to this day, I'm not sure if I believe in the events of this story. It has been stuck in the back of my mind for years, and I thought I would share it with you guys. This is a long one, an apology for any formatting issues. A bit of backstory. My father served in the Royal Military Police and left the army four years ago after 30 years of service. We're from the UK. My father has always been a very serious man, worked very hard, and the little humor he has is very dry. He has traveled the world with his work and experienced all manner of life. He is the last person to believe in the paranormal. 
So just over 10 years ago, he was on a posting in Germany, the last of the British troops before all the bases were closed. He had moved into a big old house. This house was where Ermin Göring, head of the German Luftwaffe, lived. My father lived there with three other high-ranking officers from different regiments, all of which mostly kept to themselves. After four months, he happened to have a weekend alone in the house. In the evening, he sat downstairs watching TV when he heard footsteps coming down the stairs and into the hallway. He thought nothing of it until the fourth time he had heard someone come down the stairs. He assumed one of his housemates had returned from leave early. He had gone to look, but there was nothing there. And after checking the rest of the house, he went to bed. The following two nights, the same thing happened, but my father put the noise down to it being an old house with creaky floors. Monday morning, he reported the noise, along with a draft in the bathroom and a leaky tap to the site maintenance office. His housemates had returned and he had forgotten all about it. A couple of weeks later, he happened to mention the noise he had heard to the old German cleaner. She said in the most matter-of-fact way, that was Cedric. It turns out, Cedric was a Polish prisoner of war used to work in the house. Cedric was sadly beaten to death in the house, and it is believed his spirit has remained in the house ever since. The cleaner told my father that Cedric walks the stairs every evening and makes occasional noises or gusts of wind during the day. My father told us occasionally about noises, etc. that could have been Cedric, but none of us believed him. He learnt the ways of Cedric, but there was never any flair or imagination to his stories, just simply, there's a ghost that wanders around my house. Six months later, I went to Germany for work experience placement near where my father was based. He picked me up from the airport and took me to the house where he lived. I stayed the night there and there was no sign or mention of this so-called Cedric. In the morning, I was going for a shower when my father said, Don't worry about the wind, it's just Cedric, but he means no harm. I thought he was winding me up, but I still put a towel under the door to avoid any drafts. I had just about finished my shower, about to go tell my father his made-up ghost didn't exist, when this breeze or a gust of wind or whatever it was blew right through me. It was like nothing I had experienced or known since then. It left me cold for the rest of the day. I grabbed my towel and raced out into the bedroom. I got changed, packed my bags, and walked out of that house. I believe it to be the only paranormal thing I have experienced. Thinking back, I cannot see how that could have been a draft or my father winding me up. I don't know what that was, but I do know there was definitely a presence in that house. I think it's a little funny how right as they were going to go tell their dad that Cedric didn't exist, that's when Cedric decided to hit him with the wind. <laughs> Maybe he has a sense of humor. I don't know. It's kind of funny, right? Anyway, thanks again for allowing me to read this story, a uh, person who experienced it. Um, it was very interesting, actually. Okay, I found this next story on Reddit. Thank you, KWalt, for letting me read it on the show. This is my first time posting on here, but I've read about others who have had similar experiences. Sorry, this will be a bit of a long one. Preface, I have always believed in the paranormal and supernatural. Apparently, I've had experiences around me since I was born, though the ones I personally remember have been more recent. This is a recount of some of the more recent experiences from this summer. So, this summer I've been having some weird things happen to me. Starting back in June, I've been seeing what looks to be a young girl in a white dress out of the corner of my eye, at random times, in random places. 
She seems to be a couple of feet shorter than I am, roughly three and a half to four and a half feet tall. Messy blonde hair and an old, almost nightgown-like white dress. Most often, I see her when I'm in the kitchen grabbing a snack at 4 a.m. <laughs> and I see her out of the corner of my eye. She's peeking around the corner of the wall, spying on me. I usually feel like someone is watching me. It's something I've always felt and just kind of got used to. Other times I've seen her is at work. I work at a coffee shop, so there will be times when I'm doing a close. I'll be out in the empty cafe, sweeping up for the night. I've seen her dart past a wall, going toward the cleaning closet. Yes, customers can go that way, as it does lead to the bathrooms, but I know for a fact that there were no customers in the store, and my other two co-workers were on the other side, serving the drive through and making coffee. Could have possibly been a reflection, but it would have had been a really HD reflection of someone running past me to the washroom, as they would have had to come from the staff area to get around me from where I was sweeping. To sort of clarify and add some possible debunking, I do have younger siblings and pets. None of my siblings dress or have something that would look like this gown. Only one of them is blonde and he is much taller than I am. And my little sister has dark hair and is also taller than what I see. Pets wise, I have cats and dogs and none of them would be able to mimic a person peeking around a corner at me. I've never straight on spotted her. It's always out of the corner of my eye and she's just gone when I turn to look. The last, most recent, and biggest experience was someone pulling my beard. I have a pretty long beard that I take pride in. I was laying down to sleep one night because I had to work early the next day. Everyone else had gone to bed much earlier, and my parents were working nights, so they were long gone. My cat likes to sleep in my room, but he was already next to me, curled up by my legs. Light tends to keep me up, so I sleep with my head between my pillows. I have it arranged a certain way that it's just my eyes covered to block out any light. I was settling in, eyes closed, and had an audiobook playing when my beard was tugged out of nowhere. Right side of my jaw just pulled hard. Startled me up, I turned the lamp on, and I was alone in the room save for my cat, still by my legs, looking at me like I was nuts. My door was closed as I had it, and I was alone. My jaw ached for a bit and stung like it would if someone tugged on your hair but there were no marks. Eventually, I managed to fall asleep, and since then, I haven't experienced anything else like this. This last experience happened back in the middle of July, and since then, I do still feel like I'm being watched, but I haven't seen whatever it was I saw. TLDR, been catching a young girl dressed in white watching me out of the corner of my eye, and something pulled my beard one night. Okay, well, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think that you saw a reflection in the coffee shop. It really seems to me like you saw the girl. And honestly, I don't really know how to explain the beard tug. That, that's that got to be something. You didn't just imagine that clearly. You were in pain. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I don't. maybe she pulled it. It's weird that you haven't seen her since, though. That's what's kind of confusing me. Alright, this next story also comes to us from Reddit, uh, from username GigabyteXXX. The post is entitled, I think I was followed around by something paranormal when I was a kid? Okay, I'm just gonna jump in. This is something that I really can't explain at all, and anytime I tried to look up something similar to my experience, I couldn't find anything. I've told a couple people about my experience, and some have agreed that it might be something paranormal. I wanted to post something here in hopes someone might know what I experienced. 
I should start by saying that I'm 18, female, and that my parents are divorced, and have been divorced since I was three. I lived in Texas with my mom until I was eight, and I believe it's when I moved back to California where I was born that this experience started happening. I'm not really sure when it exactly happened, it honestly could have even started when I was living in Texas. But sometimes, in the morning, while me and my mom would get ready, I would hear a very distinct ding sound. It always sounded a lot like a bell, but always caught my attention too, and always sounded exactly the same. I assumed it would come from my mom's room, since she was the only other person in the house with me. I always thought it was a noise from her dresser, because she had glass plates holding her jewelry and perfume. But I'm not sure if I ever saw her at her dresser whenever I would hear the ding sound. I remember asking her one day about the digging noise and what in her room made it, and she said nothing in her room made that noise. Like I said, it was something so clear and loud to me, and immediately when I heard it, I recognized it. I just brushed it off because it wasn't every day either and just happened once in the morning, but I did heavily associate my mom to this bell-like sound. A few years later, my dad and stepmom planned a New Year's trip with their friends to go to Arizona. So basically, they rented a huge house where everyone would stay, and it was mostly for the grown-ups to drink and do whatever while me and my younger siblings would try to entertain ourselves. I believe I was 14 at this time, but most important thing to remember is that I'm with my dad and my mom is back in California. Me and my siblings shared a room. Me and my brother both got the single beds in the room, and my sister slept on an air mattress in between us. And the room we were in was connected to the kitchen, and the other rooms were nowhere close to ours. Being a teenager, I was up late on my phone during the night while my two siblings were fast asleep. I believe it was the first night, but I was doing something on my phone, can't remember exactly, and I heard the ding come from somewhere in the house. It did sound pretty far in the house, so I thought maybe someone had the same thing as my mom. But it was dead silent in the house, and most likely everyone was asleep. It was a quick ding, and I didn't put any thought into it. The next night was probably the scariest experience I've ever had. It was around 1 or 2 a.m., and I was on my phone and probably the only one awake at that hour. I was just minding my business when I heard the ding again, coming from somewhere in the house. Of course I noticed it, but went back to what I was doing. Then I heard it again, and again, and again. The same ding, sounding exactly the same, and the pause between each ding was the same. I don't remember ever hearing the ding more than once at a time, but the dinging just kept going, and then I realized it was moving. I could hear it coming from somewhere distant in the house, and coming closer to where I was. It sounded like it was floating to me, or something was carrying it to me. Now I should say that the door is wide open to the room I was in, and I froze once I realized it was moving. I had never felt so much fear in my life, and when I heard the dinging entering the kitchen, I hid under the covers and tried to pretend I was asleep. It entered the room, and it was super loud at this point. Granted, I was shaking and terrified, but the dinging never moved from the foot of the bed and stayed there for about two minutes, just dinging over and over again. I believe it was watching me. Finally, I heard it leave the room and disappeared into the house. I fell asleep right after. I should also say I never heard any footsteps or anything other than the dinging, just the dinging over and over again. 
I told my parents about it in the morning, but they didn't believe me at all. I haven't heard the dinging again ever since that night, and it's a certain ding that I have never heard anywhere else, and hopefully won't ever hear again. I really have no idea what it could be. The only conclusion I have is maybe it was something that followed me until I was 14. It couldn't have been connected to my mom since she wasn't even in Arizona at the time. I sometimes regret not looking up from the covers or even taking a video so I could have audio of this noise. If anyone has any idea what it could be, please let me know. I can't find anything about it and I've been curious about this for so long. Thank you for reading and have a good night or morning or afternoon. Okay, I'm just gonna say it. While I was reading that, I got the chills. That was terrifying. Uh, I had to reread the first like couple sentences a couple times just because I was reading it poorly. But most of that was me reading it the first time, and I was I was scared. And it's just I'm just reading, so I don't I don't even know what it must have been like for you to have experienced that. You know, to have been there, to have you know firsthand. That must have been terrifying. Wow. Thanks for letting me read that. Uh, wow. Yeah, that one was a scary one. And, you know, it wasn't even, like, typical scary. It just That one just terrified me for some reason. I don't know. Okay, I just read a comment um, on this post. And he's trying to think. He's thinking, the commenter, that maybe it was a protective spirit because it came at 1 or 2 a.m., and 3 a.m. is the witching hour, so maybe it was a protective spirit. But, uh, no, I don't think so, dude. Um, because that's terrifying. And it happened every morning, too, so... I don't know. That doesn't... I don't know. But I don't think it was a protective spirit. And you haven't heard it ever since, so... I don't know. It doesn't sound like a, like a good one to me. I don't know. The guy's thought process is solid, though. I just don't know if I agree with it. If you want to check out the post, uh, go ahead. But that's my opinion. I'm no expert. I can't really speak on this with absolute authority. Um, yeah, I just, I disagree. I don't know. Okay, moving on. Hopefully this next story doesn't legitimately scare me. <laughs> this one was also posted on Reddit by user WyattYouthMan123YT. I have told this story to almost all my friends, and I'm not making it up. When I was around four or five, I was getting tucked in. There was this closet to my right. It was a sliding closet door and could be opened effortlessly. After my parents went to bed, I closed my eyes and attempted to start drifting. After around eh, five minutes, I hear a rattling to my right and I jolt up. Now I believed I was awake, and I would soon be proved wrong. I got up out of my sheets, stood up, went over to my closet, and when I did, the noise stopped. For a second I thought maybe I should go back to sleep, but I was determined to find out what this noise in my closet was. I have never been the, there's a monster in my closet type of kid, but after this, I sure looked at my closet differently. I slowly began to open the closet door. Halfway through fully opening it, a loud screech screamed back and forth through my left and right ear, alternating quickly. I covered my ears, then the ringing stopped. I looked back up and saw what I can only describe as two flickering red eyes floating there, slowly fading in and out of existence. Now I'm pretty freaking thankful I already went to the restroom, because I would have pissed myself. 
After a second of sitting there, barely holding back tears thanks to adrenaline and everything seemed to have stopped, I was shoved to my bed by unknown forces and it began to wrap the blankets around me so tightly that I couldn't move. The blankets loosened and I began to throw them off, and when they were off, I had full intent to run to my parents' room. However, after getting the sheets off, I looked at my door and saw a shadow figure standing next to it, glowing red eyes fixated on me. Now, being a kid, I screamed. If I couldn't go to my parents, they were coming to me. After I did, the shadow mimicked the scream in its creepy manner, and it slapped me full send on my stomach. I woke up with a furious jolt. I thought it was just a nightmare, all in my head. However, I noticed a burning sensation on my stomach and lifted up my shirt to see a bright red hand mark. No doubt it was. I screamed once more, and I heard my parents practically kick the door down and run to my room. They all saw the hand mark, and we still talk about it to this day, with no clue about who or what it was. I have slowly pieced more info about my old home's history and deaths together, and I would be happy to share the information, just not now. Thank you for reading. This was painful to type, mentally and physically. After that last story that I read, I really didn't want another story that scared me, but uh, that's not what we got here. This is terrifying, and he had the hand mark, and his parents saw it, and they all are aware of it and it, it clearly must have happened so that's terrifying um i look forward to hearing more about the information that he's piecing together uh so thank you uh again for letting me read your story why youth men one two three yt uh yeah that dad's terrifying <laughs> just a side note i was kind of thinking a little skeptically about this story and i thought well maybe he gave the hand mark to himself blah 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 but he was like five right so clearly okay if his parents saw a red hand mark and it was the size of a child's then maybe that would have raised some red flags but he said it was a man so clearly it was man-sized handprint so uh, it's it 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 must have happened i don't i don't know <laughs> okay this next story is not terrifying it's still a little scary, but it's like, you know, it's not as bad as the last two. Um, anyway, this one comes to us from Reddit also from user pastel underscore Megan. Uh, so thanks, Megan, for letting me read your story on the show. Uh, the title is Alien-Like Creature Spotting, and then parentheses, Navajo Reservation. Before I begin to tell you my story, I just wanted to say I'm a half-Navajo, half-Caucasian woman. I'm also of the Christian faith. I wasn't sure what this odd-looking creature was, and I just want to know. I'm hoping this story being posted here might get me some answers or guesses. It was just a hot October day in 2020. The Halloween stuff were being out like crazy. I started the day to get ready for school, so I got up and went to my mom's house to do school. She was being bugged by the youngest to do a TikTok with steampunk cosplay. So it has been halfway through the school day, and my mom took me to the school to get our lunches. After I got in the car, she told me that we should go onto the reservation by the Arizona border to do a fun TikTok. Well, my sisters, not me and my brothers. We had gotten the lunches, and she said that after lunch we would go to the Walmart for the stuff we needed to cosplay. 
After about 15 minutes at the school, we brought the lunches back home. We got our lunches and we just gobbled it down. I went to the store with my mom and we bought the stuff. After we got back, the school day was over. We all got ready and got in the car and she started driving us to our destination. She stopped a few times to take care of some stuff she had put off. Once we got there, it was dusk. My mom had taken off with my sister to an area to film. Me and my brothers went and checked on things. That's when we saw the creature standing on two legs. The best way to describe its appearance is an exomorph like from the alien movies. Its height was the same as one as well. We all froze and it looked in our direction. It ran at us fast and stopped at the bottom of the hill we were on. It was stalking us for at least five minutes. There was a bit of yelling and it ran away. Once we knew it was gone, we booked it quickly back to the vehicle. We brought it up to our mom. She just didn't believe us. Since then, we haven't gone back. Update. A few weeks ago, my brother said it was gray and playing hide and seek with him. Okay, I'm looking at some of the comments on this post and people are saying that it uh, could be what is called a crawler or a skinwalker, which uh, I don't really know much about crawlers, but I know a decent amount about skinwalkers, I guess. Um, yeah, that sounds terrifying though, and I don't really understand the part where she says that um, her brother was playing hide and seek with it, because um, yeah, that sounds terrifying, and I definitely wouldn't play hide and seek with that thing. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm curious as to what this thing actually is, and uh, why it was it was running fast at them and stalking. Um, hmm. It doesn't really sound like hide and seek behavior, but uh, I don't know. I guess I've never played hide and seek with a uh, you know crawler or whatever it is her brother's braver than i am let's just say that i i wouldn't i wouldn't want to interact with that thing at all probably unless it's just one of those situations where it's like just following him and they do a thing where it reveals itself it's like oh i see you and then whenever it, it, he sees it it's like oh you got me or something i don't listen i don't i don't know the mechanics here of what's happening this next story comes to us from Reddit user I Got Bad Stonks. So thanks to them for letting me read their story. Uh, there are parts where they don't use their sister's name and they just have it in brackets, sister's name. So I'm going to use just a generic female name to kind of uh, improve the flow of the story. Uh, so I'm probably just going to use something like Jane. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go with Jane. So just keep that in mind. Hello. I just wanted to share a little spooky experience I had at my previous home. At this house, I slept with my door slightly open to let light in. I don't know why I did this exactly, because now I have to sleep in pitch darkness. But I think it was to do with the fact I kept seeing people in the corner of my room. Just purple, shadowy figures normally just walking or moving in a way that looked like they were chatting. It was often just out of the corner of my eye in the corner of my room, or when I had woken from a dream. I chalked it up to sleep paralysis. Then one night, I was laying in bed and everyone had gone to sleep. My room was situated where you have to walk past it down the hall to get to my sister's, and at the end of the hall is the garage slash storage area. 
My sister had already gone to bed, passing me and wishing me good night as she did so. So I was confused when I saw her walk past my doorway again, the tiny bit of light from the nightlight in the hall illuminating her back. I got up curious and called to her, Jane, what you up to? She kept walking. I got out of bed and peeked my head around the corner. I saw her walking toward the garage door, so I called out again. Jane? She opened the door and shut it behind her. I presumed she was out of it or was just playing a joke on me, so I ran over and opened the garage door. Our garage was a square with nothing to hide behind. It had a small staircase to an area above and the garage below. You could see the area above as you entered. I didn't see her in the upper level, so I ducked into the garage and looked around. She wasn't there. Confused, I wondered if she had somehow hidden in the upper level whilst I looked below and had left, but the door wasn't one that could really close without being heard, so I left the garage and opened my sister's door. She was in bed, her phone on her lap, mindlessly scrolling. She looked up at me, confused. What's up? Did you just walk down the hall and into the garage? How did you leave without me seeing you? I haven't left my bed since you said goodnight to me from your room. Oh, right, well, I just saw this shadowy silhouette of you go down the hall and into the garage before vanishing. And you followed it? I thought it was you. Weird. Must be the spooky spirits, I guess. My sister and I never really believed in standard ghosts, and had made up the crack theory that the people I saw were just spirits from a different timeline accidentally slipping into ours. So this experience never really scared me, honestly. I just thought it was cool. <laughs> this was the last experience I had in that house before leaving and haven't seen any figures in my new place, though a clock that had no batteries did start ticking during the night. But eh, it was probably just a strange clock. Anyway, thanks for reading about this experience I had with shadow people. I don't think they meant any harm. They never really looked at me whenever I saw them. I hope whoever is living in that house now sleeps with the door shut and the lights off. I read some of the comments on the post and some people were saying maybe it was a mimicking spirit or djinn or perhaps doppelganger. Um, but I like your theory, honestly, uh, about the different timeline, maybe slipping over or something like that. I, I think that's really interesting. I'd be curious to hear other stories like this, so maybe I'll do more research about it. Uh, but yeah, thank you again, I Got Bad Stonks, for letting me read your story. It was very interesting. Okay, we're just going to move right along to the next story. This next one is from ghoulish-geek on Reddit, so... Uh, thank you, Ghoulish Geek, for letting me read your story. Uh, we're just going to jump right in. Last year on Saturday, June 27th, my paranoia was at its peak. My friends wanted me to come pick them up, go to McDonald's in the nearest town, and then drive around on country roads. Because of my paranoia, I had my mom walk me outside to my car, and I had my dad watch out through the window to make sure my mom was safe going back into the house. I also had them lock the doors. My paranoia was really bad that entire summer. I picked up my friends, went to McDonald's, and started riding around country roads. This is something we did often, because there's not much to do in our village in the St. Louis Metro East. We were coming back into town, sometime between midnight and 1am, and we noticed the moon appeared red. We started talking about it, and we began arguing about what effects a red moon has on people. Just as we started getting loud, we saw a creature on the side of the road. It seemed to be humanoid, but its forearms were much longer than its upper arms. It was very pale, 
almost grayish in color with no hair. The fingers were very long and pointy. Maybe claws? It also appeared to be very malnourished. We could see its ribcage. It was crouched down next to a telephone pole just as we were coming back into town. I slammed on the brakes and turned on my brights to get a better look at it. It looked at us and then zoomed up the pole faster than what should be physically possible. It was like a beam of light. We all went silent and started discussing what we had just seen. We all agreed that we had seen the same thing. All of our descriptions were the same. Just up the road was the friend's house we were going to. They had to run in to grab some stuff, so I stayed in the car, <laughs> with the doors locked and my eyes closed. When they came back outside, we backed out of the driveway to head to my house, which is right down the street, and we saw it behind us, standing in the middle of the road, looking at us. My house is only a couple blocks away, so when we got there, we ran inside as fast as we could. We locked the doors and stayed at my house for a while, before I eventually gave them a ride back to his house a couple hours later. I do not have pictures, sadly, but I found a post in slash crawler sightings with sketches that look eerily similar to what I saw. The first two pictures especially look like it. Here's the link. If you've seen anything similar in Illinois, please message me and tell me what city was near. I'm doing research on it at the moment and I need more info. If you guys want to check out the pictures that they linked in the story, I'll put that same link in the description to this episode so you guys can check that out if you want to. Uh... I'm, I'm looking through the comments because when I, when I read the story, the first thing I thought was it's a skinwalker, but uh, none of these comments are mentioning skinwalker as far as I can see. All of them are mentioning things called crawlers or ashmen. Uh, I don't know what either of these things are. I ha I've never heard of either of these things. I, they gotta be pretty similar to skinwalkers, I would imagine. Um, yeah, I don't know what either of these things are. If any of you guys have any uh, ideas or comments or theories about this, go ahead and you can either go to the post that uh, Ghoulish Geek made and comment on it, or you can send me an email and then I can message uh, Ghoulish Geek uh, with some of the better ideas I get if I get any. Um, maybe I'll even do a little bit of my own research. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've never heard of these crawler things or Ashmen, but I know people talk about skinwalkers a lot, and honestly, we could probably do a whole episode about just those. Uh, if you guys are interested in that, let me know, because we can do that. Okay, this next story comes to us from Angelica, and uh, she entitled her story The Lost Russian Prince. This happened back in 2011, I was 17 at the time. History has always been fascinating to me, so I oftentimes look up strange or interesting events that have happened and spend hours browsing, fueling my curiosity. I came across a picture of the last dynastic family of Russia, the Romanovs. Of course I was fascinated by their story, but I felt a strange connection to the boy in the picture, Alexei. This has never happened to me before, especially regarding someone that had been dead for almost a century. It was an almost visceral reaction. I felt like I knew the boy, but that's impossible. I was born about 70 years after his death, along with the death of his family. I started having strange dreams, blood-stained walls, and a small glimpses into the past. I saw one picture of him, and suddenly I remembered. I saw him spraying his father with a water hose and laughing. Almost like I'd been there myself. I felt like I had lived in those pictures, but that was impossible. 
I also somehow felt responsible for his death. Somehow, like I could have saved him. Not in this life, but in that one. It had a toll on me, and I started crying out of guilt. I remember seeing bright white lights in the room, glistening little sparks. Then, when I was brushing my teeth, something playfully shoved me as if to bring me out of my stupor. I could practically hear him laughing. The next few days got very intense, and I was enthralled. I kept having strange dreams and feeling a huge sense of guilt. So I had a dream. He was in the snow, and he looked so peaceful and happy. I couldn't get closer to him, though. There was a clear divide. I heard that voice rumble in my head, a deep, rumbling voice. He's come to say goodbye. He loves you. He always will. He smiled at me and waved from a few feet away. It was time to say goodbye. I couldn't get near him. It was the happiest and saddest I have ever felt. I was happy because I got a small taste of what it was like. I've never felt unconditional love and happiness before, ever. Never felt such pure joy. But I knew this was goodbye, and that hurt me beyond compare. When I woke up, I was almost crying, and it was early in the morning. I woke up with my mom crying and saying, I saw him. She didn't really know what I meant, but she let me sleep with her. I'd never done that before, no matter how scary things had gotten. After that, everything was easier. I sometimes had dreams, like of me riding in a carriage with his sisters, and of us being in a room with a fireplace and him sitting in the middle. The dreams have stopped now. My story was almost on TV, but I couldn't do it. I felt like I was betraying him or selling him out, so before the TV crew came, I just said I couldn't. It didn't feel right. His body is still not reunited with his family. They aren't really sure the bones are his, so meanwhile, his bones just sit in a cold lab. It broke my heart and I cried, but I feel like that doesn't really matter. He's happy. I'm still sorry I couldn't save him, but he'd probably tell me I'm being silly and laugh. That was a very touching story, so thanks again to Angelica for letting me read it. Uh, she clearly felt a pretty deep connection to this Alexi guy. Um, if you don't know, the Romanovs were the last uh, like ruling family of Russia, the last um, imperial like royal family. Uh, basically, in 1918 or somewhere around there, uh, the Bolshevik revolutionaries, so during the Bolshevik revolution, uh, kind of just assassinated them, right? And that's when uh, communism kind of took over in Russia, was with their death, I guess. Um, that's that's the, the basic gist of it. I wanted to get some other people's takes on Angelica's story. And a lot of them are saying that it's definitely a past life connection kind of situation. Uh, personally, I don't really subscribe to the notion of past lives, but clearly there is some connection from Angelica to the Romanov family. Uh, so if you guys have any thoughts, uh, ideas, or theories about what's going on, go ahead and let me know. I'd be interested in hearing what you guys think about this one. There was one more story that I was going to read uh, before the final one, but as I was reading it, uh, I well, I went through the comments actually, and I was seeing some other things and some comments about it, and there was a lot of different things happening, and I it started to really intrigue me. So I'll probably do like a mini segment on another episode for it if it doesn't just in, turn into an entire episode of its own thing. Um, 
because it looked like there was a lot of stuff happening but it'll probably just be a little mini thing that i do for a future episode to um just buff out some time but this one's kind of long already so uh i'm gonna just read the last story that i have which uh was emailed by an anonymous person and it's a pretty long uh story there's like a couple different things happening and it's kind of heavy so just uh be warned of that okay i'm going to begin reading the email now so i have several different experiences throughout my life that have proven to me that there are definitely spirits around us my first experience was when I was 17 years old. I was a very rebellious teenager, and just about everything I did was against the rules, and even against the law. I had a bad relationship with my parents and didn't care about much in life. One night as I was going to bed, I remember thinking that maybe I should change some things and straighten up a bit. I was unhappy and saw no future with the road that I was on, and I decided I should probably start choosing a better route, but not exactly sure what that would be. I then drifted to sleep. I slept on a twin-sized bed that was pushed up against the wall in the corner, so the head of my bed and one long side were flush with the walls. I was sleeping on my side facing the wall. Something woke me from my sleep, and when I opened my eyes there was the most horrifying face I had ever seen snarling at me. It looked like Satan himself coming out of my wall. The face was honestly what you would expect Satan to look like too. It was almost glowing with a red hue. It had deep wrinkles, a sharp chin, and little horns. He was angry and making the most guttural sound. The hatred and horror I felt from it was indescribable, and it was less than a foot away from my face. I, I panicked. I was just a kid, really, and had no idea of God, Satan, or anything of the sort, but I knew I was in trouble. As fast as I could move, I jumped out of bed and curled myself up, clutching my arms around my knees, and put my face down. I immediately began to frantically pray to God for help. Please, God, help me. Holy crap, help me. Help me. I, I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know. I didn't think not to swear. I was in the greatest state of fear in my entire life. As I began to cry out to God, it was as if a giant hand just came over me, totally covering me, and I immediately went to sleep. I woke up the next morning on the floor in complete disbelief. I feel to this day that it was the thoughts of me straightening up my life that perhaps made this evil thing mad at me and wanted me to know it. My fleeting thoughts of change were just that, fleeting. I continued down my rebellious path and was kicked out of my parents' house shortly after that. I made it work though. About a year later I found out I was pregnant. I was only 18, but I had no choice now. I had to give up on the drugs and all the crazy stuff I was doing. I had to grow up a little. Throughout my pregnancy, I had three different dreams that would haunt me. In all three of those dreams, I was running from the devil. I never saw him, but it was the darkest, most inexplicable terror that pursued me. I could never get away. In all three dreams, it would come upon me and all I could do was put my hands up as if to shield my face and keep it away and cry out for Jesus. Help me, help me, and it would leave. In one of those dreams, it reached into my mouth and bound my tongue. I couldn't speak, like in the horror movies when you want to scream, but you can't. I couldn't see it. It was just darkness and terror overcoming me. It didn't want me to cry out to Jesus again. I tried anyway and screamed it in my mind and struggled to form the words three times before my tongue was released. Then I woke up. After each of those dreams, I felt so drained, physically and emotionally. The dreams were so real that it would affect me for days. 
I felt weak and upset, and once again in disbelief, not knowing what to think. Fast forward a couple years, my daughter was now about two and a half years old. We lived in a fourplex, just the two of us. She was so smart and had such a sweet and loving personality. One day we were standing in the kitchen in front of the sink. I was looking down at her and talking. I don't remember now what I was saying to her, but I will never forget what happened next. As I was trying to talk to her, my little two-and-a-half-year-old daughter stamps her foot in clear frustration, flings the door to the cabinet under the sink open, and yells, Will you be quiet? I'm trying to talk to my mom. Then slams the door closed and looks up at me with a smile and a look like, Go on. I was speechless, absolutely dumbfounded at what had just happened. I didn't hear anyone talking. There was nothing but a dark cabinet under the sink. Holy crap, I thought. My daughter can hear ghosts. <laughs> The disbelief continued. <laughs> there was an old man who lived next door to us. Our adjoining wall just happened to be the kitchen wall that my sink was on. One day he was sitting on the front porch and I came outside. He was older, probably late 60s or early 70s, and I was probably about 22 now. We had lived there about a year or so and I had had many cordial conversations with him. This particular day he seemed upset. So I asked him if there was anything wrong. He said, I think there is a demon in my house that torments me at night. <laughs> what? I could not believe what I was hearing. He then went on to say that it would prick him in his feet while he tried to sleep, and that he was in so much pain at night and was scared. I didn't know what to do. I called my oldest brother, who was about eight years older than me, to come talk to him because I had no idea what to do or say to help. Was it this demon he mentioned that perhaps my little daughter was hearing? I still don't know to this day. About two years later, my daughter and I ended up moving into my parents' basement for a few months. Yes, the same basement from my teenage years. She was now five years old and slept in my old room that was right at the bottom of the stairs, while I took the back bedroom at the end of the hall. I never even thought about anything bad being in there, but when you would go up the stairs you would always feel like something was behind you, and it was creepy. I dreaded going to the bathroom at night because I would have to walk down the dark hallway and it always made me feel like there was something evil there following me, almost like it took pleasure in creeping me out. One night my daughter woke up from a bad dream. I went in and tried to comfort her and prayed with her, but she just wouldn't quit crying. Every time I would try to go back to sleep, she would cry and I would very soon become frustrated. I began to yell at her and told her that if she didn't quit crying, I was just going to close the door on her and let her cry herself to sleep. My mom then came running down the stairs and said, remember what happened to you in that room? Well, I guess I was just young and dumb and didn't think beyond my frustration, and I told her that she could just deal with it because I was over it and was going to bed. I went to my room and laid there trying to go back to sleep. My mom consoled her and stayed with her until she was asleep, then went back upstairs to her bed. Not long after everyone was settled back in bed, I was awakened by the noise of farm animals coming from my daughter's wee people barn. You know the ones where you put the little animals in the different areas of the barn, and when you push down on it, it makes the animal noises like a chicken, cow, or pig? It kept going off over and over again. I thought, what is she doing in there? Is she playing in the middle of the night? I got up to tell her that she needed to go back to bed, and as soon as I came out of my room, the hall was dark, her room was dark, and there was no noise other than those stupid barn animals over and over again. I go into her room. She's in her bed wide awake, but looking terrified. I flip on the light and go over to the toy and try to get it to turn off. 
I pushed down all the buttons, thinking maybe one of them was stuck down or something. Nothing was stuck. I shook it. Nothing changed. I flip it over and pull the batteries out, and the thing was still going off. I was almost in a panic at this point, so I just grabbed it and ran up the stairs and threw it outside. I didn't know what else to do. Needless to say, that toy never came back into our house. A few years then went by without any instances. My daughter was now about eight years old and I had a son who was about three. Our home had two bedrooms upstairs and two down. The master bedroom and my son's room were both upstairs and my daughter's was downstairs. She was by herself. I worked a lot of nights so my husband was usually in charge of putting kids to bed. One night I was home and I went downstairs to tuck her into bed. She then began to tell me about her friend Isabel. Who is Isabel? I asked. My friend who wakes me up at night. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Not again. What? What do you mean she wakes you up at night? I asked. She wakes me up and talks to me. She likes me to read to her. She's really amazed that I can read because she said she is eight too and she doesn't know how to read. She explained as if there was nothing wrong, weird, or shocking about the words she was saying. I then asked her how she would wake her up. She said she would gently rub her arm or leg and say, wake up. I asked if she could see her and she said, no, I can just hear her. Doesn't that scare you? I asked. No, I really like her. She's very nice, but her brother is mean. By this time, I'm freaking out inside, absolutely freaking out. Her brother? I said. Yes, he stays in the living room and he likes to scare me. He is always trying to scare me when I walk by. Isabel said he is just a pest, but I don't like it. He just glares at me and it scares me. Her parents live upstairs. I hear them walk around, but they never come down here. Hmm, maybe this is why my little son will never sleep in his room and says he's afraid of the aliens. He said he saw a ghost once and that it was a purple thing floating in his room, but I honestly thought that he just watched too many episodes of Ben 10. What the crap is happening? What do I do now? I thought. As you can imagine, I was feeling a little upset and very uneasy. Well, I said, I guess we're just gonna have to make him leave. It's not okay for them to be here, especially if he's scaring you. How? she asked. I don't know, but we're gonna have to figure it out, I replied. I then finished tucking her in and then went to bed. The next day, I went to my friend's house and told her what my daughter said the night before. She couldn't believe it either. What do I do now? I asked. Even though I had had experiences myself, I never inquired about spirits and certainly had no idea at all how to deal with the ones living in my house, waking my daughter up at night, talking to her, scaring her, anything. My friend told me that she wasn't really sure either, but maybe I should get some sage and burn it. She heard that it's supposed to get rid of bad energies and stuff. At this point, I was ready to try anything. I found a store that sold sage and went home. When my daughter got back from school that day, I sat her down in the living room and told her that it was time to tell them to leave. I told her we were going to burn sage in every room of the house, and then I remembered that it was Jesus that made the evil leave in my dreams years before. Now keep in mind, I was not religious at all. In fact, quite the opposite. I worked in an exotic dance club and smoked a lot of uh, well, I smoked a lot. <laughs> uh, I didn't know much about Jesus. I guess I knew of him mostly because of Christmas and Easter, but that was about the extent of it. My mom was pretty religious, but I hadn't talked to her in a couple of years after a big falling out. All I had to go off of was the dream. So I went off with my daughter following behind me. 
We started in my son's room. I lit the sage and began burning it and swishing it around the perimeter of the room, and as I did, I would say that anything there had to leave in the name of Jesus. I then repeated this process throughout the entire upstairs, then moved downstairs. We started at the base of the stairs, then worked our way through every room until we ended up in the last room, my daughter's. As we entered her room, she burst into tears. No, mom, no, she exclaimed. What? Why? What? What's wrong with you? I asked. With true fear and anxiety, tears rolling down her face as she explained to me that they were scared to leave because they thought they would go to hell. I then had to explain to her, and apparently a whole family of ghosts that had been haunting my house, that they had to go to a place where they could learn about Jesus and that it would be okay. Then we prayed and I asked Jesus to send someone to take them to where they needed to go. When we were done, my daughter was calm and I asked if it was okay now, and she said it was... So I proceeded with the sage and Jesus and told them to leave. <laughs> My daughter then said, okay, they're gone. Someone came and got him. Now I probably sound like I'm a bat loon crazy right now, but all I can do is tell you what happened. I know it happened and my daughter does too. She is now in her 20s, married with kids of her own, and we will never forget this day. Since that day, I have had a lot of cool experiences with Jesus that I won't go into, but he saved me and changed my life. I have just one more experience to share that is something that happened to me just a couple of years ago. I'm 42 now, so I guess I was probably around 40 at the time. I had sent my husband off to work that morning and went back to bed. My son was now in high school and was also gone. It was just me in the house. My bedroom door was about half open and I was sleeping. I awoke but hadn't opened my eyes and I heard what sounded like someone walking down the hall, into my room, and over to my husband's side of the bed. I opened my eyes, thinking maybe my husband had come home for some reason, but there was no one there. Hmm, I thought as I closed my eyes and rolled to my back. To my shock and horror, as soon as I rolled over, I then feel something climb up onto my bed and starts pulling my blankets off of me. For real. My blanket was literally moving, it was being pulled down off of me, and I was frozen. I couldn't move. I couldn't open my eyes. I couldn't speak. I was paralyzed, and fear washed over me. This thing then climbed on top of me and began violently fondling my left breast. I began to scream inside because that was all I could do. I screamed in my mind, leave in the name of Jesus Christ, leave in the name of Jesus Christ. Then on the third time, my body was loosened, and I cried out as I sat up, leave in the name of Jesus Christ and it was like a vacuum just sucked it immediately out of the room. Swoosh! It was like instantly pulled up and out of my room. It was over. Starting as a teenager, I knew that evil existed, and now over the years I've had many different experiences, some good, some bad. All I can say is now, as an adult, I can say with all honesty and assurity that Jesus is the greatest thing and nothing can stand against him. I can't wait to see what else will come my way. These are my unnormal stories. Take care. Well, folks, like I said, pretty heavy stuff and a little longer than our usual story on here. Anyway, no matter how you slice it, it's pretty interesting stuff. One part of that story that I'd like to touch on a little more uh, that was scary to me uh, other than, like, the big parts, was the, the little toy barn. It's crazy that you took the batteries out of it, and it was still going. That, 
that's some spooky voodoo stuff right there i don't know um and then along just along with everything else that's you know definitely something's happening uh but that's crazy that you had to take the batteries out i think i read a different story earlier where they yeah i remember earlier that the guy said that he took the batteries out of the clock but it still ticked a little bit or like it kept ticking or whatever and he was just like oh that's a weird clock uh kind of reminds me of that and uh if you take the batteries out of something, I'm pretty sure it's just supposed to stop doing whatever it's doing. If I took the batteries out of something and it kept doing what it was doing, it didn't stop, it didn't power down, I would be extremely frightened. I, I, I wouldn't be just like, oh, that's kind of weird, oh, yeah. No, I'd be, I'd be, uh, I'd be pretty scared. <laughs> and on that note, we're gonna end the episode. Uh, this episode has been a little bit longer than the last couple episodes. Uh, I think we're going to probably try to make the episodes around this length. Uh, let me know what you guys are thinking. Let's get some feedback on that. Uh, we'll get into a groove here pretty soon. I'll start posting episodes more frequently too, I think. That's something I definitely want to do. Uh, anyway, thanks again to everybody who sent me stories or who allowed me to read their stories. I really appreciate it. That's kind of the lifeblood of this podcast. Uh, if you or someone you know has had an unnormal story, that is to say something that doesn't quite fit the way we're told the world works, uh, go ahead and send me an email at unnormalstories at gmail.com, and maybe I'll feature it on the show. Uh, it doesn't have to pertain to uh, anything we've talked about on this episode or episodes prior, but uh, you know, it could be about anything really, uh, as long as it's unnormal uh like ghosts aliens bigfoot cryptids conspiracy theories uh teleportation dimensional uh goof ups i don't i don't don't know there's not really one solid definition i don't know uh anything that just kind of goes against the way reality is supposed to be i guess i don't know um yeah go ahead and send me an email Uh, If you have any thoughts, comments, or ideas about anything that we've discussed in this episode, go ahead and send me an email, and maybe I'll look into it further. Uh, Maybe I'll even send it to the person uh, whose story it's about, because maybe you have some insight that I just lack, and uh, they might be interested in hearing it. I know a couple of those people on Reddit were looking for answers, so that might be something that uh, they're interested in, so... Uh, yeah, go ahead, send me emails, uh, maybe I'll talk about it on the show, even. I really appreciate it, and I encourage the emails. I really like, uh, having this kind of, uh, interaction with you guys, and I like hearing your stories. That makes it a little bit more intimate, I think, and that's something that I really want to go for here. Uh, anyway, that's it. That's it. Uh, anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed. I've been your host, Jace Ryan Christiansen. This has been Unnormal Stories. Keep looking for that unnormal truth.